0: Hello and welcome to Reroute Your Brain, a podcast about changing habits. How you think, how you act and how you speak to yourself and to others. Have you ever set a New Year's resolution and by the end of January you're back to doing things the way you've always done them and then started beating yourself up because you failed again? If your answer is yes, then this is the place for you. Here you'll find tools, techniques and strategies to change the way you think, the way you speak and the way you act. You'll change your habits and behaviours and learn how to get things done. I'm your host Sean Street, I'm a life coach hypnotist mentor and trainer, and together we're about to embark on an audio adventure to create a whole new you. I hope you're ready to go because I'm getting started right now. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Reroute Your Brain. Today I want to talk about self-talk. Language is incredibly important. The words we say to ourselves can make us or break us. And yet, for some reason, most of us speak to ourselves in a way that we would never speak to someone else. In the introductory episode of this podcast, I introduced the concept of well-practiced neural pathways, and how, when we do the same thing repeatedly, it becomes a habit. It becomes the way we just automatically do that thing. That is what often happens with our self-talk, We may start off having someone else tell us that we can't do something or that we can't do it right or fast enough, or up to some sort of standard. If we hear that enough, or if we even hear it one time only and choose to believe it, then it becomes our automatic way of thinking. This is when thoughts like, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, become ingrained and actually become part of our identity. We just believe that is how life is and how we are. Once that happens, we don't even consciously have those thoughts anymore, we simply believe it all without really knowing why we don't do things. We can also find ourselves telling ourselves that we are not good enough for a particular person. So let's have a look at some examples of negative self-talk. Things like, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I'm ugly, my bum is huge, my smile is crooked, he won't be interested in me, I can't lose weight, I can't do that, whatever that is, I won't make it, I can't retain information, I don't do well in competitions, I suck at my job, he's better than me, better looking than me, sexier than me, girls don't like guys like me, I'm fat, girls won't go out with me because I'm overweight, I don't deserve to be happy, I don't deserve a pay rise, I can never speak in public. My anxiety plays up when I do that. No one loves me. The world would be better off without me in it. How many of those sorts of thoughts have you had? Now i have got to put my hand up for several of them. How many times has something like that come out of your mouth about yourself when talking to someone else? So negative self-talk can really get in the way of us doing things that we want to do. Deep down, we really desire a person or a new job or to try some new experience, but we talk ourselves out of it, telling ourselves that we can't do it. One saying I've heard goes something like this, what the thinker thinks the prover proves. And what this means is that if you think you are not good enough, then a part of your mind will go around and find evidence to prove that thought true. Every negative thought you think about yourself, your mind will find evidence to prove it is true. And once you get on that merry-go-round of negative self-talk, it begins to take on a life of its own. You can easily find yourself spiraling downwards into negative thoughts, getting deeper and deeper. You start having long conversations with yourself in your head. And for me, those mostly happened when I was lying in bed at night and trying to get to sleep. But you could find yourself doing that. Almost any time. Reliving negative moments with someone else where you go over what you should have said to stand up for yourself more. Or going over your day and reliving all those parts of your day when things went wrong or you made a mistake. So, the potential effects of negative self talk are you not doing things you want to do, like asking for a pay rise or asking that special woman out on a date because you don't think you're good enough. Or you not going skydiving or bungee jumping like you've always wanted to do because you keep telling yourself that you can't do it because you're afraid of heights. It can be totally debilitating if you're allowed. Long-term negative self-talk can lead to an unfulfilled life because you never chased down your dream job, your dream partner, or anything else that would have made your life better. All because You didn't think you were worthy. You didn't think you deserved what you want. Negative self talk can also leave you believing that you don't deserve to work on making life better. I've done this one myself. You think to yourself, I've never been beaten. I've never been assaulted. I wasn't locked in a cupboard. What have I really got to be upset about when other people have it so much worse than me? How can I really complain about my life when children are being raped and murdered? The other effect negative self-talk can have is on your health. Now, scientists and doctors have proven the power of what's called the nocebo effect. This is where your health is affected by your own thoughts. Things like, I can't lose weight, I get sick every winter, I can't eat vegetables, they make me feel bad. All sorts of things. One particularly bad one I've heard is that my grandfather died at 50, my dad died at 50 So, I'm going to die at 50. It's in my genes. So, what can we do about habitual negative self talk? The first thing to do is to accept that it's going to happen. We have something like 96,000 thoughts a day, and something like 80% of those are negative. It's just the way we're built. We're built with a negative bias. Believe it or not, it's there to protect us. There's negative thought processes, these negative thinking processes that we have are there to protect us. So accept that they're going to be there. Take the next step and acknowledge them. Thank them for being there. Thank them for protecting you. Thank them for playing the part that they're playing in your life and for keeping you safe. There is a perceived danger in any or all of the sorts of activities that I've talked about. So things like bungee jumping, skydiving, public speaking, asking a woman out on a date, All of that stuff has a potential risk of you being injured either physically or emotionally. So the habit of talking yourself out of doing it keeps you safe from that potential injury. And the next thing you can do is to become aware of it. Notice when you're telling yourself negative things. See how many times it happens during the day and just start to pick yourself up on it. When you find that you are telling yourself negative things like that, challenge that negative thought, pull it up, say, why is that true? Where is the proof that that is true? How can I change that? Can I change that thought process to something more empowering? So if you're thinking that you're not good enough for something, then ask yourself, why not? Why not me? Why don't I deserve what I want? Why shouldn't I be able to do the things that I want to do? You may need to give yourself permission to feel something or to do something. I've found when people talk about wanting to be more happy that often they don't give themselves permission to be happy. So if you're thinking to yourself that you're not worthy, maybe you need to give yourself permission to feel worthy. Maybe you need to give yourself permission to do the things that you want to do. So step one is to acknowledge it, to accept it. It's going to happen. You're going to have negative thoughts whether you like it or not. Step two is to challenge those negative thoughts when they come up, to allow yourself to think something different, to give yourself permission to think something different. The next step will be to make a conscious effort to change the way you speak to yourself and others. Negative self-talk not only goes through your own head, it often comes out of your mouth when talking to others about yourself or talking to others about other people. If you continue to talk negatively about other people, whether by gossip or insult, and whether it's to their face or behind their back, then you will continue to talk negatively to yourself, about yourself, but it's always in your face. There is no hiding from it. So make a conscious effort to change your language. Change your language towards yourself. Change your language towards other people. Stop the gossip. Stop the backstabbing and change your language so that you're starting to become a more positive person all around. That's going to be a huge step in you changing the habit of the way you use language. So while we're talking about changing your language and monitoring the way you speak to yourself and to others, there's another technique you can use called affirmations. You may have heard of affirmations. Affirmations are giving yourself positive statements and putting positive information into your mind on a regular basis. Now, you're already kind of doing that, With your negative self-talk, you keep telling yourself the same negative story over and over, and you've been doing that for years. So now with some affirmations, you can start putting some positive stories into your mind on a repeated basis. Try and do it every morning, even if you can do it multiple times a day. Find affirmations that are going to work for you, so personalize them. So an affirmation might be something like, I am good enough. An affirmation might be something like, I am a good learner and I retain the information that I read. And if you repeat things like that to yourself over and over and over, you can start to negate or you can start to undo all of the negative self-talk that you've been using on yourself for the last however many years. Bear in mind that this is a practice that you should be doing every day because you've been practicing negative self-talk every day for however many years you've been alive. So thinking that you can do some affirmations a few times a day for about a week or so and then finish and stop because it's done now, means that you're going to end up going back to the way you were. So you need to develop an ongoing practice of giving yourself some affirmations and putting some positive thoughts into your head. So practice affirmations. Now one way to really bring affirmations to life and really bring them home is to do them in front of a mirror. If you stand in front of a mirror and look yourself in the eye when you make those statements about yourself, about how you are worthy, you do deserve what you want, you are lovable, you are good enough, all of those sorts of things that you're going to be telling yourself, if you look yourself in the eye in a mirror when you are making those statements, it will really sink in. It's going to be difficult to do because you've never said those sorts of things to yourself before, and it will feel awkward at first. But as you develop the practice, it will become easier, and it will mean that those affirmations are more believable because you are actually saying them to yourself rather than just saying them out loud in a room. So do affirmations in front of a mirror every morning and I guarantee you it will make a difference to your life. So to do a quick recap, we've talked about acknowledging your thoughts, we've talked about challenging your thoughts, we've talked about being grateful for those thoughts keeping you safe and we've talked about monitoring your language and consciously changing your language and we've talked about setting some affirmations every morning. And that leads me to the next one which is developing an attitude of gratitude, which I know is cliche. Everybody's talking about gratitude all the time. But if you're in a state of gratitude, if you are feeling really deep down feeling solid gratitude for your life, then it's almost impossible for you to feel down or sad or upset or bothered. Feelings of gratitude and feelings of contentment, or you might call it happiness, can override any negative feelings that you may have coming up. So I would recommend that you start to develop a daily gratitude practice. You can incorporate it with your affirmations. So your affirmations may include gratitude like I am grateful for my job or I am grateful for my family. I am grateful that I have wonderful friends who love me and look after me and care for me. So with that statement, not only are you saying that you're grateful for your friends and family who love you, but you are also at the same time reminding yourself that you have friends and family and people in your life who love you because not everyone does. Things like that can help. So develop an attitude of gratitude. Get yourself a gratitude journal. Write down several things every day that you are grateful for. They can be small things or big things. In fact, I would probably recommend that you stick with small things because it's often the small things in our lives that we overlook we may be grateful for something big in our lives like we may be grateful for our job but it's also worth being grateful for the fact that you obviously have a roof over your head grateful for the fact that you have and let's use this this whole COVID-19 thing as an exercise for now, we should all be grateful that we have the technology that we have to stay in touch with our family and friends while we've been in this lockdown, which is starting to ease now. But while we've been locked down, we've still been able to maintain contact with people. We have phones, we have the internet, we have all of the software and the programs and everything that we have on there that have enabled us to stay in touch with our loved ones. If we were back in the 1920s when the Spanish flu outbreak went on if we had all been locked down then then we'd all been locked in our houses with no real way of maintaining contact with anyone it would have been very very isolating very lonely and debilitating so it pays to be grateful for even the small things that we tend to take for granted in fact that's the thing we need to be the most grateful for is the things that we normally take for granted we often take for granted the people in our lives the people who do things for us that we don't focus on because it just happens and because it just happens every day we tend to take it for granted so the fact that you may have a a wife or a husband who cooks some meals in the house, or a a wife or a husband or children who help with some of the chores around the house. Something like that, that you normally would just take for granted. How about even just the fact that you have a husband or wife or children in your life at all? Because again, not everybody does. You should be grateful for that as well. You should be grateful for the fact that you are able to get up out of bed every morning because you are still alive. You are still breathing. You still have some form of purpose in this world, or you wouldn't be here so develop an attitude of gratitude that can also really help to dismiss and banish or not entirely banish but can really help to reduce negative thought processes Now something else i've already mentioned this in one of my previous podcast episodes but stay in touch with people if you can stay in touch with people and maintain contact with your friends and family and loved ones that can also help because they are the people who generally tend to support you who love you who have your back they are generally the ones who would encourage you to stop putting yourself down so stay in touch with them as another little strategy because it's normally really only when we're alone and we're feeling bad that our negative thoughts really start to kick in so if you can minimize that a little bit and spend more time in touch with people and be more positive around people then when you are at home alone you can remember those things remember those experiences and that may well help to stop that downward spiral when you are on your own and while we're on the topic. staying in touch with people, make sure you pick the right people. Don't hang around with people who are always on a downer. Don't hang around with people who are always pointing out your flaws and telling you where you're not good enough. Find people to hang around with who will lift you up. So in in times when you are feeling a little bit down, you've got people around you who can say, you know what, that's not really how things are for you. You're just in a little bit of a down spot at the moment, but that's not really who you are. So they can lift you up and bring you back up to where you should be and not wallowing in a little pool of self-pity. So pick the right people to hang around with. If you're hanging around with people who are always complaining and always negative and always seeing the worst in everything, then that's just going to make it easier for you to continue going down that same path yourself. Pick people who are heading in the right direction, people who are positive about what's going on in their life and positive about what's going on in the world and use that as a little bit of a let's say use that as a little bit of an airbag to keep you safe from going down the wrong path okay I've got a couple more strategies for you and then I'll wind things up so one of them that might catch you by surprise is I would recommend that you go out and help other people Volunteer yourself to go and help other people because no matter how bad you think you've got it in life, I guarantee you there are people out there that have it worse. And if you were to go and offer yourself as a volunteer to help those people to see how the other people live and to see the sort of problems that other people have, it may well help you to come to terms with the fact that maybe your problems aren't as bad as you think they are. And that can really help you with your negative thought processes as well. When you look around to see what else is going on in the world and you think, you know what, maybe my life isn't as bad as I think it is then you can start to let go of some of those negative thoughts so get out there find a place where you can volunteer where you can help people and do something for somebody else even if it's your neighbor an old people's home down the road meals on wheels joining a services club like Rotary or the Lions Club or the Freemasons or something like that can get you out into another group of people that are doing the right thing people who are helping others and can get you out there helping other people as well it will also introduce you to a whole new group of people that you probably didn't even know were out there in the first place. So I really can't recommend that highly enough. Volunteer your time, yes. Also, I like to say to people, volunteer a little bit of your soul. So when you're out there helping other people, really look at what's going on and really take notice of what's happening for them and give a little bit of your soul. Really care for the people that you're helping. Don't just put in a token effort and go home and pat yourself on the back. Really invest a little bit of your soul into that effort and help other people and the final technique i have for you is to have fun when we're deluged by negative thoughts and we keep going round and round in circles with the thoughts in our head we often forget to have fun we forget to look after ourselves and that is an incredibly important thing to do you can't look after anybody else you can't look after your family you can't look after your children You can't look after anybody if you're not also looking after yourself. You must give yourself permission to look after yourself and to put yourself first sometimes. It's incredibly important that you don't forget to do that step. If you just keep doing your job and putting out energy into other people's efforts or other people's programs so for example if you just keep going to work and doing your job and you come home and cook meals or clean houses or do whatever else has to be done in a household with a family and you don't ever take time for yourself then that can really lead to burnout it can lead to depression it can lead to all sorts of things going on that you really don't want to have in your life. This happens a lot with women who are married, who seem to think that it's important in their role as a wife and mother, that they must put everybody else first. And if they take time for themselves, then that makes them selfish. And that's something that I would really love to debunk. Women in particular think that they must put everybody else first and they give, 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 and then they find themselves burnt out, upset, emotional, and they don't really know why. After all, they're doing all the right things and looking after their family, but it's because they haven't taken time to do something for themselves. Even if it's something as simple as running a nice hot bubble bath and sitting in there for a while and being left alone to have some time on your own, or doing other things like going out with the girls, having a few laughs, having a few drinks, having some food, going out on a a weekend away, just doing something to look after themselves to refill their cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. Women in particular, but also men, need to make sure that we are not burning ourselves out. We need to make sure we look after ourselves and receive as well as give. You can't give all the time. You will burn yourself out. So give yourself permission to receive energy, to receive love, to receive care from other people so that you can refill your jug. Men, I'm going to challenge you. If you have a wife who works full-time, who then comes home and looks after the house, looks after the children, cooks the meals, and does everything all over the place and doesn't seem to stop, then I'm going to challenge you to find a way to do something special for her, to give her a chance to receive, to give her a chance to feel like she is important. Women, if you have a husband who's a workaholic, who is always doing things for the house, or for the job, or for the yard, or whatever it is that's going on, and he never takes time for himself, then I'm going to challenge you to find some way to do something for him, to make him feel like he's more than just an income, so that he feels like he is actually a valued member of the household as well. So I'm going to put it on both men and women to have a look at what's going on in their household. And if that is going on, if you start to see that happening, then take some time, come up with something to refresh the partner in your life. If you're both working full time and you're both doing things around the house and you're both working for the family all the time, maybe find a babysitter for a weekend and go on a weekend away, go and camp somewhere, go and stay in a hotel, go four-wheel driving and do something together on your own and refresh that relationship. Make yourselves both feel like you are both an important and valued part of the family. It is an incredibly important thing to do. So that's it for this week's episode of Reroute Your Brain. I hope you got something out of it. It's a pretty important topic. It's certainly something that has affected me in my life, and it's certainly something that I've had to do some work on. Negative thoughts can lead you to a bad place, and I really hope that listening to this podcast this week has given you some really great ideas for how to stop doing it yourself and to really improve your life. If negative thoughts really are a problem for you, and even after listening to this podcast, you're still struggling, then just remember. I am available for individual coaching sessions, for one-on-one private coaching sessions. So if you'd really like some help with some negative thoughts and some processes and techniques and strategies to nearly knock them on the head, feel free to contact me and we can arrange some time to talk. So that's it for me. Thanks again for being here. I really appreciate the fact that you listen to my podcast every week. You're awesome. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for joining me this week on Reroute Your Brain. It's an honor to have you here. Make sure you visit my website, rerouteyourbrain.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes and all the right places, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or, even if you'd simply tell a friend about me, that would be awesome. If you like this show, you might want to check out my Facebook page as well. If you have any questions you'd like me to answer in future episodes of the podcast, send them through to me at podcast at rerouteyourbrain.com. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode. Thanks for being here. I'm your host, Sean Street, and I'm glad you're listening.